It's time once again for another look into God's infallible book, and I want to welcome you to a, another edition of The Riches of Grace. I'm Richard Jordan, and it's my privilege to be your host and Bible teacher each week as we meet here together to study God's Word together. This program is brought to you by Christian people who believe the Bible to be the Word of God and who appreciate its power and authority. And we trust that our time together as we look into the Word of God will be a rich blessing and help to you. Our, our goal and our, ministry, our, our aim in this, this study time together is to help you to understand and enjoy God's Word. Because if you can get a grip on the Word of God, the Word of God will get a grip on you. You don't know the Apostle Paul, when he, when he wrote the Thessalonians, he, he said, talk to him about how, how he thanked God for them. First Thessalonians 2.13, he says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you heard, received the word of God which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. I trust you'll, as you hear the word of God being taught in the next few minutes, you won't receive this as the word of men. Don't think of it as just what Brother Rick said. I've told people for years, if you were to stand before the Lord today, and the Lord said, why did you believe this? And you said, well, I believe that because I heard Brother Rick say it. I'd stand there and I'd say, Lord, I never said that. (laughs) I'd stand there and deny I ever told you that. Because I never told you that for you to believe it, because I said it. I try to be very careful to say that's what God says. If you don't like what you hear, you're not arguing with me. You're arguing with the Word of God. But if you do believe it, you're not believing it because of me. You're believing it because it's what God says. And when you take, when you understand it's what God's saying, then you'll see God's Word begin to effectually work in you that belief. There's nothing more exciting in all the world, in all of life, than to have God's Word go to work in your inner man. And transform your inner your inner man. You know, Paul says, though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. How do you renew your inner man? Well, Romans 12, he says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Ephesians 4, he says, we're renewed in the spirit of our mind. In other words, we have the, the sound knock, not of the rightly divided word, come in and re-educate our thinking renew our thinking how often well he says the outward man perishes but the inward man is renewed day by day it's that daily intake of god's word so we're not talking about something that just happens on sunday when you go up to church and let the preacher teach you you don't need the preacher teaching you you know people got the idea that well he's you know the preacher been to seminary he's been to college he knows greek he knows hebrew he knows theology he knows and that's not what Paul's talking about. That's not what your Christian life's about. You don't need Greek. You don't need Hebrew. You don't need a college education. You don't need a preacher that's got one. You just get you a King James Bible and learn to rightly divide it, and you watch God's Word go to work in your life. The Spirit of God take His Word and work the, 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 uh, the wonderful, powerful, and he says we're strengthened by His Spirit in our inner man. And what will happen to you is you'll be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father. You see, you'll have a life. You'll have that life that your heart has always told you you ought to have in Christ Jesus. 
Now, today I want to look at, look with you at a little more on the topic of building on the wrong right foundation. We started talking to you about that last week, just briefly. Building on the wrong right foundation. The right foundation, of course, is Jesus Christ. First Corinthians chapter three, verse number number eleven. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that uh, other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. But the fact is, the Lord Jesus Christ in the Bible is presented in two different ways. You notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, when he says that, if you go back to the verse before that, 1 Corinthians 3.10, According to the grace of God which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereupon. But let every man take heed how he builds thereupon. You see, you have to build on the right foundation, not the wrong right foundation. You say, what do you mean, Brother Rick? The right foundation is Jesus Christ. But if Paul laid the foundation for us to build on, folks, the Lord Jesus Christ had come, been born, lived, died, resurrected, and gone back to heaven before Paul ever became a believer. There was a foundation, a presentation of Jesus Christ in the Word of God before Paul got there. That's why he says to him in Second Corinthians chapter number five, we looked at this verse last time, Second Corinthians five, verse sixteen, wherefore henceforth, from now on, that's a that's that's a great dispensational marker. Now for henceforth know we no man after the flesh. We used to know people after the flesh. People, they were the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, as opposed to the uncircumcision, Gentiles in the flesh. Time passed, Ephesians 2.11. But now, that isn't how we know people. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh. Romans 15, verse 80 says, Paul said, I said that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision. His earthly ministry was a ministry after the flesh, that is, it was a ministry that recognized that God was dealing with people in time past on the, on the basis of the distinction between the circumcision, the nation Israel, and all the other nations of the earth. It made a difference what your fleshly identity was. But now, that isn't how we know Christ. So obviously, there are at least two different ways to know the Lord Jesus Christ. One is in his earthly ministry, and one is a different ministry revealed through Paul. Now that's why... Acts chapter three, when Peter is talking on the day uh, in Acts three, the day the chapter after Pentecost, and he's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, whom the heavens must receive until the time of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all the holy prophets since the world began. In Acts three, the apostle Peter is talking about Jesus Christ, as he's presented by the mouth of all the holy prophets since the world began. That's the book of Genesis. There's a presentation of the Lord Jesus Christ that starts way back in the book of Genesis and comes all the way through the Scriptures. And then Paul comes along and he says that he's preaching Jesus Christ, Romans 16, 25, the, the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest. Now, you don't need a college education. You don't need to know anything about Greek, Hebrew, theology, or any of the rest of it. To know those two things are different. Someone called me on the phone. They said, Brother Rick, uh, I asked my preacher about that, and he said, no, 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 no. I said, well, okay. <laughs> I understand that. I'll tell you right now. Your preacher might not like that. You might not like it, for that matter. Uh, there was a t- I, know, I know what that's like. There's a time I didn't like it. 
But the fact is, there are those verses right there in the Bible. And I did what you, what you might have to do with it. I choked on them until I said, you know, Lord, you speak, you be right, and I'll be quiet, and I'll, and I'll listen. And I'll let you be right, and I'll be wrong if I'm disagreeing with your word. There's a presentation of Jesus Christ in his earthly ministry. Listen, the right, right foundation today is not found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. not found back in the Gospels. It's not found in the early Acts period. It's not found by going to the, to the principles and precepts in the Old Testament. It's not found by looking for the New Testament. Folks, the right foundation, the firm foundation to build your life on today is the present is the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery committed to the apostle Paul and through him to us so the right foundation isn't going to be back in in the gospels Matthew Mark Luke and John it's not going to be in in the old testament it isn't by the way going to be in Hebrews to Revelation it's going to be in Romans to Philemon because that's the presentation of Jesus Christ as he desires and is making himself known for us today. And when you build on that, you're building on a foundation that's secure. The essence of these two presentations of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Bible, God has one grand purpose in his universe, and that's to glorify himself in Jesus Christ. But that great plan involves glory in two spheres, one the earth, the other the heavenlies. And God's great plan is to exalt the headship of Jesus Christ over planet earth through the instrumentality of a kingdom vested in his kingdom earthly people, the nation Israel. If the Bible means anything, it says that. That's why you'll never understand the Bible if you don't understand the nation Israel. You'll be going back and thinking when you're reading about Israel and Israel being the people of God, you'll say, oh, that's me. And it isn't you. And God has another plan to exalt his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, over all the governmental positions in the heavenly places through the instrumentality of the church, the body of Christ, which is what he's forming today. You see, there's two agencies that Jesus Christ is is going to be the head over. And two spheres, the heaven and the earth, by the way, that's why Genesis 1-1 says it the way it does. In the beginning, God had created the heaven and the earth. And the next verse says, and the earth was. And from there all the way to the ministry of the Apostle Paul, when he gets this heavenly vision, he calls it. When the Lord Jesus Christ from heaven comes in and saves him and commissions him, to go out without the distinction between Jew and Gentile, that through the fall of Israel, salvation is going to the Gentile, that now there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek, but because the same Lord is over all, it's rich upon to all, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now there's no distinction to be made in the fleshly realm, so we don't know Christ after the flesh. We don't know other men after the flesh. That's a new program and a new ministry. And that that... That's the, that's the essence of genuine Bible-based Christianity. That's the essence of what dispensational Bible te- uh, study teaches you. Anything else leaves, leaves you at the mercy of theologians, at the mercy of religious tradition. And it's going to leave you in confusion. Let me show you. I, I want to I give you an illustration or two. Matthew chapter 21. You know, when you, when you 
the, the, the greatest mistake a person can can make uh, is to study the Bible and not to rightly divide the Bible, to study the Scripture, but not to be dispensational. And one of the places where, where that is is so obvious, the cost of failing to be uh, a dispensational Bible student, is, is in the area of prayer. There's probably nothing in your life or my life that is more intimate between me and God, between you and God, than the issue of your prayer life. Prayer is when you talk to God. And that issue of your personal communion with God, your personal touch with the supernatural, that's a, that's a terribly uh, personal issue. And yet it's one in which there is such confusion and, frankly, such religious tomfoolery that, uh, that it's, it, it's amazing to me that, that, that people even bother praying. One of the favorite prayer promises that people like to quote, you hear it quoted all the time, Matthew chapter 18, verse number 19. Again, I say unto you, Jesus said, If two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, they shall ask, It shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Now you've heard preachers quote that. Maybe you've tried it. If two of you shall agree on as touch, on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done of them of my, for them of my Father which is in heaven. Now that's a pretty all-inclusive statement, isn't it? That's a wonderful thing. I've got a need. I have a problem. I have something I'm facing. All I got to get is one other person to agree with me and ask God, and, and, and the Father will do it. You ever try that? I mean, you sing preachers on TV in a tight spot. Maybe it's sickness of some kind. Maybe it's a financial situation that they have some kind. And they'll quote that verse. I remember seeing a fellow one time on the television, and he had millions of people listening on the TV, and his wife was sick. And he says, I need someone to agree with me. And he had an audience of hundreds of people in front of him. Hands go up all over the audience. And you know what happened? That verse didn't come through for him. Now, what do you do with that? Matthew 21, verse 22. Jesus said, All things whatsoever ye ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. He said, It's just going to give you what you. If, if you believe, you can get it. Well, then, if you don't get it, what's the problem? You must not have believed enough. <laughs> See? Can, can you understand why that verse would be such a tragic heartache for so many? Because you did the best you could. You, I mean, look, you had enough faith to move God out of heaven into your heart, but you can't move that little bitty problem in your life. And so this leaves you confused. It leaves you burdened. Listen, you know it doesn't work. But it doesn't work not because it isn't true. It doesn't work because it wasn't given to you to start with. In the same book of Matthew, before he said either one of those statements, he told the men he's talking to, Matthew chapter 10, verse 5, go not into the way of the Gentiles, and to any city of the Samaritans enter you not. He said, don't go preach this stuff to Gentiles. Now, if that's true, then he wasn't talking to you, was he? 
In Matthew 15, verse 24, before he made either one of those statements, Jesus told his apostles, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then what are you doing back over in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in his earthly ministry trying to find instructions for you when he said these aren't for you? He said these are not your instructions. I didn't say it. He said it. The reason those passages don't work in your life isn't because there's something wrong with you. You haven't confessed your sins adequately. You're asking a miss that you might consume it on your own lust. You're, you, you're, you're just not really believing and trusting. Or, you know, the really the, the, the metaphysical Christian science uh, hocus-pocus stuff where you really have it, you just had, it hadn't materialized. You claim it, and if you can speak it enough, it'll be there. That, that, that's witchcraft, folks. That's superstitious nonsense. That's a metaphysical cult idea. That isn't Bible. You say, well, then why isn't it working? Because, hey, folks, it isn't written to you. It's not spoken to you. It isn't what he's teaching the body of Christ. It's part of his program for the nation of Israel. Now, let me read you something. If you go back there and build on the wrong right foundation, you're going to wind up in confusion. Let me read you something from the right foundation. Romans chapter 6, 8, verse number 26. Romans eight twenty six. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit also maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. You ever get there? You don't know what to pray for as you ought. You know you ought to know, but you don't know. Well, you can't practice that verse and then practice Matthew twenty one twenty two because over there you got to know. Here you don't. Paul never made a statement like those things in Matthew. Never made, a, never made one statement like that. You know what he said? He said, be, be careful for nothing, but in all things, in, in everything, let your request be made known to God. Just tell God what's on your heart. And then you know what? The peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds. He didn't say anything about God going out and manipulating your circumstances. He said that when you walk through your circumstances knowing who you are in Jesus Christ, when you're able, with thanksgiving, with an appreciation of who God has made you already in his Son, you remember that verse he says, in all things give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you? didn't say for everything. It said in them. No matter what the circumstances of your life today, God has equipped you to live there for his glory, whether you abase or whether you abound. That's what Paul said in Philippians 4. He said, I, I speak not in respect of want, for I've learned, I've made an inner adjustment in my thinking that in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. And godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is not looking at that rusted out Toyota you're driving and, and lusting for a Beamer and thinking that God's blessings are yours if you get the Beamer. No, no. That's not being content. That's saying, you know, perfect peace have they that love thy law and have a shiny new car or have money in the bank or have health or have kids that don't disappoint them or whatever the or else is that you do. I got a letter from a missionary recently. He says, um, you know, the, the ministry here, uh, godliness with great contentment, it, it, godliness with contentment is great gain, and, and you know, we, we came into this world having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. Well, this missionary wasn't content until he got a computer. <laughs> having food and raiment and a computer. Not in what he said. Not at all. 
You see, God has provided an inner man adjustment. That's what Paul's talking about there in Philippians 4. Verse 12, For I know how to abase, and I know how to abound. In everywhere, every, everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed, I'm taught by God's Word, both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things. I can abase, I can abound. I can live no matter what my circumstances are. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I've got that that inner man capacity, the excellency of the power of his word working in my inner man. Why? Because I'm built on the right foundation. But my friend, if you build on the wrong right foundation, you think you're building on Jesus Christ, and you're quoting scriptures out of the Bible, but it isn't the word of God rightly divided, what's going to happen in your life is you're not going to be able to endure the things. You're not going to be able to make it through the things. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, Paul says, There's no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. There's nothing happening in your life today that hadn't happened in the lives and isn't happening right now in the lives of countless others. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able. God has made you able to do exceedingly abundantly above whatever the circumstances are. But will with the temptation also provide a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Now you need to think about that verse. The way you escape it is not by having it taken out of your life, but it's by being given the capacity to bear it. To be given the inner man capacity not to allow the difficulty to destroy you, but rather to cause you even to be stronger by casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. That's why Paul would say, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. While we look, not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. You see, the things that are seen are temporal. The things that are not seen are eternal. And that's where the victory is. And that's why he can say, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us. Doesn't destroy us. It works for us. A far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. This isn't defeatist talk, by the way. This is talk about life lived in in, in, in the shoe leather of your life. This is a spiritual life with boots on. This is lived life. These are answers for real questions. My friend, God's grace has provided for, for you absolute, complete, total victory in Jesus Christ. He didn't have any other plan for you. But you need to get your eyes on where he's got his eyes not on your flesh, but on who he's made you in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And you need to not, don't you build on the right, wrong, the wrong right foundation. You build on the right foundation. And that's Jesus Christ, the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest through the ministry of the Apostle Paul in your Bible. Let me give you a Bible study that will help you to see the, the practical impact and import of this. The study is entitled, A Panoramic View of the Program of God. And what this study does is it gives you a just sort of a bird's-eye view of the, of the whole of God's Word from a dispensational perspective. You know, oftentimes we don't see the forest for the trees when we study the Bible. And people get so balled up and caught up and, and, and fascinated by the individual little particular things in a place and a verse or passage they're studying, they don't see how it fits the whole uh, the, the whole of God's Word and the whole plan of God in the Bible. 
And what dispensational Bible study does is allows you to back up and get a panoramic view of the purpose of God from beginning to the end of the Bible. Because when you've got the big picture, then you know where the pieces fit. You may not understand every piece. You may not have mastered its, its, its sense at the moment, but at least you know where it fits. And when you know where it fits, then you know how to stand um, on, 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 a, on an intelligent understanding of God's Word. You see, you, you need to be able to stand on the right foundation um, and, and, and understand that you're there uh, intelligently. This little Bible study, a panoramic view of the program of God, will help you out of the Scripture itself. It's not, it's, not, it's not trying to teach some system of, uh, of theology or dispensationalism. It just takes Paul's epistles and asks Paul, Paul, how do, you, how do you rightly divide God's Word? I mean, God used Paul to tell you to do it. If God through Paul told you to do it, then perhaps God through Paul tells you how to do it. And what you discover is that he does. And this little Bible study has been a help for, for, for countless people, just like you, just like it has been for me. A panoramic view of the program of God. I'd like to put it into your hands. I'd like to give it to you. I'll even pay for the phone call for you to call and get it. The number to call is 888-535-2300. That's a toll-free number, 888-535-2300. You call, and uh, when you do, I ask the folks that, 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 uh, that you talk to, just for the little Bible study, a panoramic view of the program of God, they'll know exactly what you're talking about. And they'll be expecting your call this week, by the way, so they'll know that that's the topic, that the, the, the uh, study we've, we've offered to you. 888-535-2300, that's the number to call. If you would prefer to write, maybe you don't want to call, you'd rather write, on, write, a, write us a note or a postcard, you can write me here at The Riches of Grace, Post Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. That's Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. If you are on the Internet and you'd like to reach us by way of the Internet, you can find our website at graceimpact.org, graceimpact.org. We're trying to be easy to find. You know, we're not trying to hide. We want you to be able to locate us, find us, because we've got some information to give you that can make a difference in your understanding of God's Word. And when you get a, gra- when you get a grip on God's Word, the wonderful thing is then God's Word gets a grip on you. And then it's God's Word that works effectually in you that believe. You can get off the religious treadmill, and you can get off of the, uh, uh, the, uh, you can get out of the, the bondage of religious tyranny into the sunlight of the matchless, wonderful liberty that the grace of God provides to us in Christ Jesus. 888-535-2300 is the number to call if you'd like the Bible study, a panoramic view of the program of God. If you'd rather write Post Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108, or, of course, you can go to our website, graceimpact.org. Uh, we'd like to give you the Bible study. I'd like for you to have it and uh, to be able to uh, rejoice in these wonderful things from God's Word. Can I also tell you that in your area where you're listening to this radio station, there's a group of people in your area that rejoice in these truths and that have a testimony in your area that the truth is available. They meet on a regular basis each week. I'd like to put you in touch with them if you'd like to know about them. Um, 
I tell folks all the time, don't rob yourself of the privilege of fellowshipping with fellow saints who understand God's word rightly divided and who rejoice in, 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 in the grace life. Rejoice in the fact that it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's not your performing, it's what he's done, his performance. It's not what you do, it's what he's done. It's not your life, it's his life. And if you'd like to be in touch with, with uh, people in your area, if you'll call me or write me, we'll be glad to put you in touch with them. We'll give you their, their, their information, their contact information. We're not going to sick them on you. We'll allow you to get in touch with them. But, my friend, don't rob yourself or your family, if you have one, of the privilege of being able to gather with the saints around the truth of God's word rightly divided. What a privilege it is. And, by the way, if you're not sure of, of, of your own personal salvation, you don't know for sure that you have eternal life as a present possession. Can I tell you, we, we above everything else, we want you to know that. So when you call or write, you tell us that, and we'll send you information uh, that will help make the way plain for you so that you can rejoice in the wonderful knowledge of having all of your sins forgiven, that you've passed from death to life, that you're acceptable and accepted by God unconditionally in his Son, and that you have eternal life as a present possession. What a joy that is to know. 888-535-2300 is the number to call. I'm listening, looking forward to hearing from you this week. I'm appreciative of the fact that you're studying with us this week. Look forward to meeting with you next time when we're right here. Until then, Maranatha.